Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With the holidays just around the corner, now is the time to order holiday cards for family and friends. Only this year, why not create custom holiday photo cards quickly, easily, and affordably at simplytoimpress.com. Simplytoimpress.com is your holiday photo card headquarters with thousands of unique Christmas cards and other designs to choose from. All you do is upload your family photos, personalize the text, and you're done. Simplytoimpress.com prints your cards on your choice of premium card stock in just a few days and rushes them straight to your door. Maybe that's why the New York Times wire cutter named Simply to Impress their favorite photo card service. They even offer foil cards and hundreds of great holiday card designs for your business, too. Place your order today to save 30% and get free shipping. Just enter promo code DEAL at checkout. Save big on holiday photo cards today using promo code DEAL at simplytoimpress.com. That's simplytoimpress.com. Hey friends, welcome to the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. I am CJ Hawk, joined by co-host DJ Benny the Bull. And drumroll please, we are super excited to have one of our longtime guests on the program, the great Jack O'Hara, joins us for his fourth official time on the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. How are you doing, Jack? I want to say that this is the, the fourth time. Am I in the four-timers club now? Five-timers club? Do I get a robe? We will get you a robe because that would be fitting for wrestling, so we'll get you a robe. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait to get that in the mail, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. If you want to have that, that fuzz to it, you know, like... Oh, uh, yeah. That's what you're looking for, you know. That's what the boa... I was thinking the whole time that it's... Uh, you know, the white uh, bathrobe robe. So, yeah, it's a better idea. We'll have, like, um, on one part of it says, like, um, the O show, and then the, other, the back's, like, the Blue Hawk Sports show. Yeah, just it's quite, quite smaller. We'll bedazzle it up. It'll look nice. Or you could do an X, like, cross. <laughs> you know, And the reason Jack O'Hara is joining us this time is to talk about specifically... The Undertaker, and also some more recent wrestling in the 2020 WE Survivor Series matches. That will be the second half of this conversation. Yes, yes, indeed. And so let's go, let's dive into first, um, let's pay tribute to The Undertaker as going into this Sunday. It's said to be his final farewell and we're going to be counting down 15 each um, between jack and i our 15 most favorite matches of the phenom so 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 do you want to go back and forth on these make it more uh dramatic as taker probably would have wanted it to be i like sure oh yeah that's that's exactly uh how that's that's much (laughs) that's very fair so how about Let's actually throw the ball to you. Let's let's begin with um, with your first one. All right, we'll go we'll go fifteen down to make it more dramatic. 
Number number 15 for me. This is top 15 Undertaker matches of all time, according to moi. And, uh, Benny, I did a lot of research going into this. You prepped me a few days beforehand. Uh, you told me to get the uh, top 15 matches. And uh, here's my number 15. You'd have to go all the way back to the summer of 2002. It was Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match for the, the WWE Championship. And it was on a July 1st episode of Raw back in 2002. Jeff Hardy had actually lost the title against The Undertaker a week prior and then challenged him to a rematch uh, in this ladder match, which is a Hardy Boys specialty. And at this time, Undertaker was uh, referring to himself as Big Evil, as we discussed last night, and he had established a, kind of a vicious streak and a no-nonsense heel-type character. And this match built and built with Jeff Hardy putting in uh, uh, star-making performances in his bid to win his first world title ever back in 2002. So Jeff Hardy took The Undertaker to his limit in this match using every risk he could to uh, get the win here. But in the end, The Undertaker cut Jeff Hardy at the, the top of the ladder by choke slamming him down to the canvas before grabbing the WWE Championship. So that's how that match ended. That's kind of how that rivalry ended. And it kind of led to The Undertaker coming back to the ring looking uh, to beat the crap out of Hardy even more after winning the, the, the match. But he stopped. So Taker instead uh, shook his head, raised Jeff Hardy's hand in a show of respect, and this considered it's considered to be one of the most defining moments in Jeff Hardy's career and one of the best Raw matches in history. So that's one of my uh, 15. That is number 15 on my list for Taker. All right. My choice, uh, That that's actually you know, quite up there, you know, one of my most memorable ones. And uh, that's, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, when you're referencing Jeff Hardy, what was happening at that time, I was trying to think that he, um, that Undertaker was, was champion at the time, right? Yeah. And he had lost a, uh, what was it, Hardy losing a number one contender match? Correct. Yeah. And then uh, he was going for one more shot. It's the famous, I know it's a saying uh, uh, during that, that time, uh, make your face, make yourself famous, kid. And, uh, and he sure did. So, uh, well, yeah. I'm going to start with mine. Here's my uh, 15th. I'm going to go with The Undertaker wins the 2007 Royal Rumble. And so this is actually The Undertaker's first and only Rumble win back in 07. And so he also um, made history this night. He was the only person... Uh, only superstar up to this point um, to ever win the Royal Rumble as the 30th entrant, and so that that gave you know the odds. It's always like the odds are in favor if you get a later draw um, or entry. So this time actually proved um, right, and so we we've, we've been seeing that more uh, since then. Um, I.e., uh, you know, the year after that. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so the one thing that he never achieved was winning the Rumble. And, uh, yeah, this definitely added uh, to his resume, and which was already stacked. And I thought that that matchup was very, uh, very good overall. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the year 2007 as well. And uh, that, that was a really good uh, start of the year, and especially having someone like him in there, uh, you know, one of the, as, as uh, Stone Cold would say, one of the best big men to ever, to ever step into the ring, right? So, 
uh, this, this type of match is, is really meant for, you know, you know like the, the big guys and especially look at they can uh, do do well and dominate. And so, um, yeah, the Undertaker, at, at that time, he was looking, uh, you know, still, I will still say he was uh, moving quite, quite like he did, like, in uh, 03. And this this one uh, had that famous uh, stare down, you know, um, you know, one of the final four, final two, if you will, uh, with um, the Undertaker toe-to-toe with Shawn Michaels. And uh, uh, the Undertaker eliminating him um, after he just uh, missed with the switch in music and uh, tossing him right over. I believe he did that, uh, you know, the typical uh, backdrop right over and I got him, got him over. It was, it was quite dramatic towards that. And uh, I, so, so that one is my 15th. I like that one because, again, he was number 30 in the Rumble, goes on to face Batista at Mania, beats him for the title, and that kind of leads into uh, the next big match that he had with Edge at 24. Uh, but my 14, and I guess I'll go 14 and 13 here because it's kind of the same match, just 20 years apart. So I'll let you do 14 and 13 after me. But uh, my 14 is The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar inside Hell in a Cell for the WWE Championship back in No Mercy at 2002. And at that point... Uh, Lesnar was dubbed the next big thing. That was his first year back in 2002. And uh, Lesnar had been, of course, on a path of absolute destruction and demise of the WWE roster then. During his rookie year in the company, he destroyed the Hardy Boys. He destroyed Hulk Hogan. He destroyed The Rock at SummerSlam in 2002 to become the youngest WWE champion of all time at that time before Randy Orton did it two years later. Uh, But to further establish Brock Lesnar as the top star, he needed to beat The Undertaker inside Hell in a Cell. But WWE took things one step further um, with Taker becoming, you know, the cinemas uh, with, with the cell at this point, it, it was his match. It's his yard, his his big match, and, and a win for Brock Lesnar would tell the, the world just how seriously WWE was taking him at the time. So this became a brutal and kind of bloody war with Lesnar using steel steps to make the Undertaker bleed buckets. And not only would Brock Lesnar come out of this match bloody, but he 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 so too would have his manager Paul Heyman in the match. So Brock Lesnar would of course gain victory in the biggest win of his rookie career, uh, and this legendary match kind of solidified Brock Lesnar as the future of WWE and the next big thing and they wound up turning him babyface after this so he could no longer just be booked as a monster heel and gain the respect of every uh, fan after this match so this was all done to Undertaker's willingness to make him look like the superstar that Brock Lesnar was always meant to be and that was at uh, No Mercy in 2002 and number 13 to me and I again it was later on in his career he wasn't in the, in the best shape of his life but I'm going to go the Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar inside Hell in a Cell at Hell in a Cell 2015 because it, it marked the end to that chapter of, of course Brock Lesnar ending the streak at WrestleMania 30 uh, Taker coming back a year and a half later to challenge him at SummerSlam beat him in kind of a, a sketchy fashion with the low blow Undertaker didn't or Undertaker called for the bell but you didn't see it because he tapped uh, but again the referee didn't see it so uh, Taker ends up taking advantage of that and beating Lesnar uh, in the Hell's Gate and then at Hell in a Cell
Cell a few months later, the third match of the trilogy to that feud in uh, 2014 and 2015. It was a bloody war between the two. Uh, you, they tore apart the ring, so they used the wood inside the ring. Uh, Taker hit, hit him with the tombstone. Brock Lesnar with like the most vicious low blow you're ever going to see in professional wrestling. Just absolutely vicious. I wouldn't have wanted to be on the other side of that. Uh, Lesnar hits him with the F5, and that was that. And then the Wyatt family comes out and attacks the Undertaker. But those two Hell in a Cell matches stand out to me, and that's why they're uh, 13 and 14 on my list. What do you got for 13 and 14, Benny? Yeah, I I, I would uh, totally put those up there. Um, I, I definitely remember that that Hell in a Cell match. No Mercy, uh, No Mercy is usually one of my favorite uh, favorite views, actually, and especially we know why with um, the video game back in the day. Uh, definitely helps that cause, and so you know, one of the goat uh, video games. So. Um, and ironically, uh, Here Comes the Pain uh, being up there, too. So um, my 14th and 13th I, but is uh, quite chronological uh, from my 15th. So uh, my 14th is versus the animal Batista at WrestleMania 23, who Batista is, you know, Hall of Fame career. He's supposed to be inducted this year. So uh, uh, as far as I heard that uh, 2021's, uh, in that we'll, we'll be that's uh, along with uh, this year. So, um, so this was a very legendary rivalry. Uh, again, going into you know the Rumble, uh, definitely uh, they created that. Um, I was trying to remember how the Undertaker went to shoot. It was a no-brainer in choosing the uh, seat uh, over you know Andra uh, at the time. Uh, uh, John Cena. So, yeah, this this was um, a match made in heaven. Definitely, I, I believe those two, you know, um, good chemistry, if you will. Uh, definitely uh, one of my all-time favorite uh, rivals, you know. So, uh, very uh, intriguing stat. This was the first WrestleMania for uh, The Undertaker, in which the World Heavyweight title was on the line, and I actually thought that that year, you know, him being a world champion uh, at the time, uh, you know, a few times that year, especially having uh, his feud with Batista, like, he, I believe he looked really good with that, you know, they call it the big gold, uh, or, um, you know, the newer version being just the world heavyweight title. Um, he looked good with that, and you know, again, definitely, there's a lot of fans of that uh, that design. So, yeah, definitely, um, during the intense moment of the match with uh, Batista hitting, you know, take off the spear, um, or yeah, early in the match, and uh, that definitely started it off hot, and so that you know they just wanted to beat one another up and. It uh, also um, with the famous, uh, you know, the Undertaker will bust this out um, out of the arsenal. I believe this is when it really started to, you know, he started to do something super uh, out of the box, and that is with the the, the best jump, um, as Bleacher Report would call it, the best jump over the top rope, the outside. Uh, that is the super super. Tope Suicida uh, over um, Batista. And, of course, 
in um, the Undertaker fashion, uh, he hit Batista, the Tombstone power driver, and defeated him successfully after winning the Rumble to earn his first World Heavyweight Championship um, and his uh, and his overall first world title in four years. So ever since uh, you know that era, oh two, oh three. Uh, was the last time, so uh, definitely at the time, uh, uh, you know, it looked good. And, uh, well, of course, we saw later on there's more matches with uh, Batista, i.e. Um, uh, Steve Austin getting involved, being the special guest referee that came across. I almost uh, didn't quite uh, recall that one, though. Yeah, that was a Cyber Sunday. Uh, that's later that year. Um, also in October, uh, uh, you know, they got got rid of uh or they didn't uh yeah, I believe it was also around that time. So in the fall. Um and then at it was kinda weird to me because No Mercy in 07, I was actually in the building for and I don't recall the Undertaker being there about Batista. Um I don't know it was Batista versus the great Kali and uh Punjabi prison match so that was quite Good. They talk about um, you know how in the cell matches and those types of uh, matches. Um, so yeah, um, with the rivalry, you know, going back and forth, uh, Batista, you know, later that year, being able to um, you know raise his stock, if you will, you know, becoming a, a the bigger superstar. And I believe with this match, that uh, that they did just that, and uh, despite you know losing. Uh, Batista was champion for for quite quite a while. That is my and then my you want me to do my thirteenth. I'm yeah. putting the matchup versus Triple H from WrestleMania 27. So this one usually uh, getting overlooked with uh, uh, less matches with uh, you know a certain uh, E Generation X uh, member. That we'll mention more later. Um, <laughs> we're uh, considered being, uh, you know, the goat matches, and so this one is just a clinic, uh, just one on one. This would be the second time that you're uh, gonna take, you know, repeat um, opponents, and uh, back in WrestleMania 20 X7. No, that time I thought that was a badass uh, name for it. Uh, really, WrestleMania 17. Um, you know, the first time they faced in uh, 01, right? which was an opponent then, and then this year later, here we go back again with, um, it was definitely special, uh, you know, you know, to remember at the time, you know, Triple H still, you know, sporting the, you know, the famous, uh, you know, the long hair style, and this was, you know, we're, within the, like, the last few years, uh, you know, this has changed, and so, yeah, I, I definitely always like this. Like, I thought, you know, this place looked um, better than ever. And who thought, would have thought that after that, you know, um, especially them two, um, I believe it was a game-changing year, um, not being um, on TV as much. Uh, you definitely uh, have reached that legendary status. And so uh, this, this was, you know, quite the WrestleMania spectacle, you know, as if you will. <laughs> So, um, The Undertaker, uh, you know, being uh, very close to, uh, you know, losing his uh, his WrestleMania streak, um, you know, 
Let me take your grab and uh, Triple H by the throat. Stand up from it. Uh, Triple H, this is the one where Triple H tombstoned him. And, uh, you know, he went for the cover. Thought he had it. And just shaking the head at it. Remember, it was uh, JR. was actually, uh, he was on guest uh, on commentary. And uh, that was dramatic uh, a moment. Uh, he didn't expect uh, the game to hit the tombstone. And those fans, so... What did I just see? What did I just see? And uh, that that's also the one where uh, the Undertaker's eyes rolled up. Uh, I believe he attempted like already two tombstones uh, himself. And uh, he then, his, his eyes uh, got all big after uh, Triple H kicked out of that. So this is definitely um, one of my all-time favorite matchups, I would say. You know, this, this whole uh, rivalry place and so as he prepared there's a, a rematch that uh, I don't believe many would expect um, the year after at 28 so which we, we might we might go over <laughs> that a little bit later yeah that was actually on my list a lot higher because I, I think that's one of the more underrated matches that he had obviously they blew it away at 28 but that 27 match was just so gory like you said like the fact that he kicked out of so many uh, pedigrees and then his own tombstone was just insane my my 12th match though was uh again all the way back in 2002 it was at vengeance of 2002 it was taker rock and angle in, in a triple threat match so this was um Love it. i mean it was such a, a great chemistry put together match because it was over 20 plus minutes it had the blend of takers hard-hitting strikes kurt angle's technical wrestling and then of course the Rock's charismatic bravado kind of making it a, a truly exceptional main event and not only is Vengeance 2002 kind of deserving of being one of the greatest bouts of The Undertaker's career but it's also viewed by many uh, as one of the best triple threat matches in WWE history. I highly recommend uh, Benny you going back and watching that match because it was probably one of the best matches of his career. Absolutely. His matchup against Edge the ultimate opportunist WrestleMania 24 and again, just like with Batista Edge, uh, my belief, uh, many uh, that many fans uh, would agree that it's one of his greatest rivals. And so this one versus Edge at WrestleMania 24, 2008, you know, the year after um, his epic matchup. I uh, just want to say one more thing about that at 23 against Batista, like that was. Uh, one that I did hear that, you know, it stole the show. And so, uh, you know, who, who can really follow that, you know, that performance, you know, like even though it wasn't the, the main events, uh, you know, the, the last matchup uh, of the night, uh, still it, it, it should have been right. So that's, that's how good they, you know, and of course, Cena, he was, um, you know, uh, on, on the rise, if you will. So, um, I kind of didn't mind, you know, Cena's, it's, um, uh, but always been a big Cena fan. And so, um, you know, having, uh, two, you know, two of the best, uh, at the time, uh, and <clears throat> you would become legendary, uh, Batista and Cena. So uh, champions at the time. And, uh, with this, um, this was Edge, um, being world heavyweight champion. Um, and, uh, the Undertaker going in for his, uh, for his uh, for championship once again, and 
So with that, uh, this was outdoors at, I thought, really beautiful at uh, the Citrus Bowl. Um, this was really the start of something new. Once again, history made with, uh, you know, bringing back the uh, outdoors, uh, you know, the tradition, uh, making things a tradition with uh, having outdoor WrestleMania matches. And so uh, definitely being uh, very young at the time, uh, we, being able to, to see something like that is, is unheard of. Like, I didn't get to see WrestleMania 9. I know that one is with the famous, like, Caesar's Palace, I believe is the name of it. Uh, you know, uh, Yokozuna <laughs> being, uh, you know, in the matchup at the time, but Hetman Hart and all. And so, you know, you compare it to those legends, to this matchup, this was the, the main event of, of the night. So, um, as it should have been. So, this is... Another one that we have Bleacher Report calling it underrated, uh, just like WrestleMania 27s, and which that one was also not the last match. Um, definitely, this solidified, you know, the Undertaker's, you know, definitely one of the best um, today, and still, you know, going as long as he did with this one. Uh, this one was a very, very um, long one, too, and so... Um, Edge actually, um, you know, detail that um, he he can stay right here after this. That uh, he is a bona fide, uh, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, and so yeah, this really made Edge, you know, even more so than uh, when he first cashed in the, the Money in the Bank uh, the briefcase. And so, as I remember correctly, that's the way that he won, um, you know, the World title, uh, you know, the, before this. So, uh, just the fact that Edge, you know, they're going at brawling. Um, Edge had, you know, the answer for everything. Uh, he definitely uh, proved that he could be, uh, you know, basically he can hang, you know, especially now that he's a, you know, a headliner and being an Edge fan. It's amazing to be able to see that he was able to solidify that. And, um, you know, delivering such a such a show, really, like, it's it's just, this is what, you know, wrestling um, is all about, um, and at the end, um, you know, it, it really before that, like, as, you know, again, one of those that very close to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure some were convinced that, you know, this could be his moment, like, could, could the streak end? Was, was the question again. Um, that good, and uh, in the end, um, Undertaker tapped out Edge with the Hell's Gate, which I believe when he started at the time was a really badass submission. And uh, the Undertaker is never known to be a submission guy, and so with this, like, especially uh, making uh, you know, if you had it very tight, you'll make uh, their opponent uh, mouth bleed. So, yeah, it's brutal. And uh, this was actually after uh, Edge hit him with his, his finisher, the spear. And so right away, put away Hell's Gate. And so The Undertaker once again becoming 
world heavyweight champion a year later. Yeah, that was that was actually my number 11. So uh, kind of just to piggyback on what you were saying, like you were talking about the WrestleMania 23 match with Batista uh, before that, a few matches uh, before that, and it kind of led into this rivalry. So like they had a rematch, Undertaker and Batista, in a steel cage match later in that year after WrestleMania 23, and uh, Taker won the match, but then was laid out by Mark Henry, who came out after the match. And with him being down in the middle of the ring, Edge came out being the ultimate opportunist that he is, and came out and cashed in his Money in the Bank contract to, to beat The Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. So after Edge had to relinquish the title due to injury, he returned at Survivor Series in 2007 to uh, cost The Undertaker uh, the world title again. So their feud basically spanned for almost an entire calendar year before they faced off at WrestleMania 24. And of course, like you mentioned, uh, all the close calls in that match, he thought the streak was going to be over. Everybody remembers Charles Robinson running down that uh, 80-foot uh, aisle, which was insane for the for the two and a half count. Uh, some argued that maybe they should have given Ric Flair his final send off as the main event of that show with Shawn Michaels. But uh, I, I enjoyed it. Undertaker versus Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship in the main event of WrestleMania 24. Uh, like you just explained beautifully there, Benny. Uh, that's my number 11. Sure. Uh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's uh, his WrestleMania matchups, especially like. I don't know if you call it like a second, you know, version of him, like Shawn Michaels, you know, there's is that, um, you know, that that version of him, like basically being, um, you know, his you definitely saw like him change, like when he came back from injury, right? It was that um, famous injury, you know, came back in '03, and uh, it was different. Shawn Michaels almost felt like, you know, being uh, who he is, still one of the goats. And um, The Undertaker, I remember at the time being um, just starting to listen to some wrestling podcasts. And uh, uh, this one podcast of being uh, like uh, The Undertaker blog talk radio was the platform. I'm not sure how popular that is today. Uh, They're like, um, The Undertaker, it looks like he's definitely got better with age. And so this matchup, these rivalries right here against the T-Set has really really prove that so um next for my 11th that is on for this countdown is actually right back to um one of your your first ones is the the ladder match against jeff hardy back in 02 and you know make yourself famous kid and uh well yeah what can i say more um another one of my the most memorable um definitely being a fan of jeff hardy seeing him get a title a title bout uh really is one of his the first times that i remember uh, back then that he uh, got you know a title shot for uh, uh for the heavyweight title uh in his element right um and that who, who would expect at the end that um it would raise Jeff Hardy's and like respect, and and that's the thing I wanted to make about that. Um, he explained beautifully uh, with the first time that we mentioned this match um, already. So um, just gonna say that uh, with Big Evil, uh, Big Evil persona, like that definitely is you know one of my favorites. Like just as a fan, like he is so unpredictable at times. You know, especially, you know, saw him, um, you know, talk more, like, talking some trash, yet, you know, backing up, being the, 
the badass, you know, where you left off being the American badass, right? Not too long, not too uh, far uh, time ago, and you would never really notice unless you like really thought like he was actually respectful to like you know if someone was tough, you know, being like as tough as he is, uh, seeing someone else being as tough, uh, i.e. Uh, Angle versus uh, Cena in Cena's debut in 2002. Uh, backstage, you know, he was big evil, you know, uh, badass, you know, bad guy. And he uh, shook Cena's hand. He said that, uh, good job, kid. <laughs> you know, his famous uh, backstage uh, segment. And uh, brief, yet very effective. Definitely uh, um, would make Cena, uh, you know, looking like he's one of the Top prospects, I remember that famous one they show, uh, seen as uh, GOAT matches uh, that Michael Cole uh, said. So that kind of reminded me of that. And, uh, of course, afterwards with Jeff Hardy and his hand, hand raised, uh, that, you know, he was going to get beat up by Big Evil, and uh, that didn't happen. So uh, really showing, you know, kind of a good side of him despite being, uh, you know, the Big Evil. I am uh, just to speeding up the process here. I'm gonna give you my ten, nine, and eight rapid fire here. Uh, ten being the Undertaker versus Chris Jericho versus the Big Show in a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And this is kind of one of those matches that kind of goes under the radar. Uh, the in-ring technical wrestling aspect of it to it wasn't that great. However, the build-up to it, given that uh, it was The Undertaker, of course, being the monster that he is, going up against another monster in The Big Show, and having the small, uh, very charismatic, very uh, well-cut promo uh, guy in Chris Jericho kind of just uh, being the funny man in the, in the middle of that, because Jericho and Big Show were Jericho. They were the tag team champions at the time in two. 2009, and having that match turn out the way it was, because it was the same pay-per-view as uh, uh, Cena taking on DX in a triple threat match. John Cena versus Triple H versus Shawn Michaels for the WWE title. He had Undertaker versus Jericho versus Big Show in a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight title. That would have been uh, my number 10. My number 9, another rivalry that kind of goes under the radar in 2010 was uh, the Paul Bearer rivalry with Undertaker and Kane, the two brothers going at it. So that whole storyline to me was one of the better parts of 2010 on SmackDown for the World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, you had Kane uh, lying about taking out his brother, The Undertaker, looking uh, for who actually did it, even though he knew it was him. He, he attacked Rey Mysterio, won the world title from him after cashing in Money in the Bank. And then Undertaker returns at SummerSlam in a casket uh, after Kane beats Rey Mysterio again for the world title. And that kind of leads to Kane smiling and uh, choke slamming and tombstoning his own brother, leading to a match at Night of Champions, culminating in a match at Hell in a Cell as well, uh, with Paul Bearer turning on The Undertaker. And then that led to a, a Buried Alive match between the two at uh, Bragging Rights 2010, with Kane burying The Undertaker alive, leading uh, Undertaker not being able to return until uh, WrestleMania 27 to take on Triple H, which leads me to my number eight, being that match that you mentioned earlier, Undertaker versus Triple H, WrestleMania 27, the WrestleMania following, arguably one of the greatest matches of all time, ending the career of arguably the 
greatest wrestler of all time, the greatest England performer of all time in Shawn Michaels. Uh, WrestleMania 26, Triple H, of course, one half of DX, uh, defending his longtime brother Shawn Michaels at 27, absolutely obliterating The Undertaker. First time we ever saw Undertaker not leave under his own power. Uh, and again, hit him with, I think, four, four pedigrees on top of a tombstone pile driver himself. Undertaker kicks out of all of it, making you think he can never lose at WrestleMania, even though we saw that a few years later with Brock Lesnar. But that's my number eight. So we're doing 10, 9, 8, correct? All right. So we have, all right, now at number 10, I put his uh, third WrestleMania matchup versus Triple H at WrestleMania 28, the year after that legendary bout. And what can I say about this one? This one, another legendary about, you know, really having, you know, one more time to go against, you know, this one was actually the end of an era with, you know, Hell in a Cell matchup uh, to this and along with Shawn Michaels in as special guest referee. And uh, there's the famous part where, uh, you know, DX really wanted to, to gang up on him. Uh, what what else can he do? He cannot uh, stay down. Um, I mean, famous uh, Triple H tongue, him screaming at him when he was on, stay down, stay down. And uh, he just kept on kicking out, uh, you know, pedigrees, whatever it was. You know, they're using weapons, uh, stairs, uh, the steel steps. And, of course, the, the environment, right, the, uh, the hell in the cell matchup, um, the, the structure. So <clears throat> I had to put this one top ten, um, especially with the rivalry. You already know about that. And so I'm just... Uh, you know, wanted to do do his thing. You know, just just being uh, uh, the badass that he is, uh, not never giving up. Uh, we talk about him not being a submission guy. He himself will, will not submit to anyone. So, uh, you know, Triple H uh, doing all he can once again. Uh, went back to the DX deal with later on with Shawn Michaels. You know, combination a switch in music as the referee. <laughs> Helping up his his boy, his uh his uh best friend, his his buddy, Triple H, uh, in the process, uh, switching music to him, and then that turns around the Undertaker into the pedigree. Shawn Michaels goes for the count, one, two, gets the two count only, and so they were shocked. Uh, this was definitely definitely dramatic. Uh, Shawn Michaels beside of the curtain, couldn't believe it either um really thought that that uh strategy was gonna take the undertaker was gonna bring him down but that's not to be uh we we know it's the rest of history he uh was able to continue his wrestlemania streak again despite being a double team um and effectively um making this uh his his next next wrestlemania victory Teamstone, Triple H, one, two, three, and uh, the famous moment with uh, them being uh, helping each other up. Obviously, uh, friends, and uh, you know, also uh, really, yeah, at the end of an era. Um, last time that all three of them will be in the ring um, in this sort of uh, environment, in this sort of a uh, in a sort of matchup um, uh, again. So. 
we we thought really thought that at the time. Of course, we saw uh, what was it two years ago, <laughs> uh, Crown Jewel, uh, which uh, I mean, Dolph Ziggler will will call uh, <clears throat> Shawn Michaels embarrassing. Though I thought it was it was quite decent. That, I mean, especially them being able to do that. Oh so, yeah, um, end of an era. Them three uh, being up there at the stage, WrestleMania. Uh, it could be like a tear jerking moment too, no matter who you are. <laughs> Seeing uh, them up there and uh, uh, everyone, like they're all three of them holding one another up and uh, looking out. So uh, I, I don't believe we, we saw that coming, though. That was another uh, legendary moment in uh, The Undertaker and in WrestleMania history. Something uh, bigger than him. Uh, it's, it's, it's his event, WrestleMania. So And. Uh, my ninth one is uh, not to say more with <clears throat> versus Brock Lesnar at No Mercy 02. Where you know how brutal that one is. And my number eight is <clears throat> the Survivor Series 2001 matchup, which was a uh, nearly like a whole like, lengthy, uh, it was about 45 minutes matchup. Uh, one of my favorites. I definitely kept kept you on, on your feet, on the edge of your seat, if you will, um, number eight being that matchup. Uh, the Undertaker teaming up with YRTJ, Chris Jericho, Kane, The Big Show, The Rock, to go up against The Alliance, uh, which is led by Stone Cold Steve Austin, <clears throat> and as well as Booker T being uh, basically, uh, you know, number two, uh, been uh, coming in a little bit later, um, as well as with Kurt Angle and Rob Van Dam, as well as uh, the um, son, the son of the boss, Shane McMahon. And so this one, um, just being uh, how long it was, you know, definitely, uh, I, we, I don't believe we really see too many uh so, uh, Survivor Series matches will go that this long, and so just with the rivalry between uh, uh, you know WWF uh, at the time uh, versus WCW and ECW, the Alliance definitely uh, uh, was was a lot to to, to sort out. And uh, Survivor Series been the perfect one. Pick um, you know you know four or five of your best, five of your best, you know five of our best versus five of your best. And so really proved that there. I remember The Rock was just, he, he looked very, uh, very good. He, he never really looked like tired. He was a house of fire. Uh, I remember that they couldn't get The Rock to tag in. And then when The Rock tagged in, uh, he uh, basically cleared <laughs> the alliance. Um, and The Undertaker being just this very similar, uh, the same deal, uh, him just being to dominate. And at uh, this time, him being the American badass that he is, uh, that persona, he uh, gave, you know, the alliance an, an ass-whooping that they deserve. So um, I cannot say more about this. Um, I recommend, highly recommend anyone to check this out. And what star power there is in The Undertaker already being legendary uh, up, up in the 2000s, even, uh, will, uh, he'll, he'll prove this in this matchup against with uh, all these uh, all-stars. 
I have a tall order, but can we finish all of them in about 20 minutes? Would that be rapid fire possible? Plenty of time. Yeah. Challenge accepted. All right. So I will give you my uh, seven, six, seven, six, and five here. So uh, uh, a seven. This is just because I was there live. I don't think this was a great technical match. I thought the storyline was great, given everything going on. Uh, you can disagree. This probably isn't even on your list because the the technical in ring wrestling was not great. Uh, but it's Undertaker versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. 32 inside Hell in a Cell. So I was there live in Dallas, Texas for that. Uh, the the build-up to that match, obviously Shane McMahon returning, like the shocking return of Shane McMahon after a decade uh, outside of WWE. And uh, the, the whole storyline was that he was going to have to beat The Undertaker inside Hell in a Cell to gain control of Monday Night Raw away from the authority, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, which is, was a very enticing storyline at the time, given how much heat the authority had on WWE television. So the match itself, everybody remembers the big moment, Shane McMahon jumping off the top of Hell in a Cell uh, into the table, which was a very, very insanely cool moment to see live and in person. Uh, at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Uh, my number six, uh, again, a very, a very uh, recent match, is actually his last match ever, which will probably be his last match ever, against uh, the phenomenal AJ Styles in a Boneyard match, his first ever cinematic match. Given the, the mystique of The Undertaker, it's very shocking that this was his one and only cinematic match uh, against arguably the greatest in-ring performer outside of WWE who came into WWE and AJ Styles. Uh, uh, he basically came out of retirement for this one. I mean, The Undertaker said in the Last Dance documentary, or in uh, uh, his Final Ride documentary, excuse me, that uh, he, he was done after doing a tag team match with Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules 2019. Comes back for this match at WrestleMania. Uh, it was supposed to be a one-on-one -on -one match between the dead man and the phenomenal one uh, in Tampa Bay, Florida at the Buccaneer Stadium. Doesn't end up happening at Raymond James Stadium because of the COVID-19 pandemic. They end up having to do it at a, uh, a neutral site in Orlando. And they had to record it, so it was a cinematic match. There were a few times where uh, Undertaker, I think, uh, smashed his hand in a window and got all bloodied up, and they had to stop recording, and they had to restart. Yeah, and you see that in the documentary. And uh, the, the, the final thing, of course, is The Undertaker riding off into the sunset, which was probably the greatest send-off he could have gotten. That's why he couldn't say goodbye for so many years, not after 30, 31, 32, because he never really got the proper send-off that he felt like his character deserved. Uh, he got it this time around, taking out the Bullet Club in a sense, uh, burying the Bullet Club in a sense, which is very interesting to see how that uh, ended up in one of the co-main events for WrestleMania 36. That's my number six. My number five, maybe this should have been a lot higher on the list, but it's my number five, is Undertaker versus Mankind McFoley inside Hell in a Cell, uh, King of the Ring 1998. So at King of the Ring 1998, he faced Mankind inside Hell in a Cell. It was a two-year rivalry that had already been seen, uh, you know, significant moments and battles between the two. But, of course, everybody remembers the big moment, uh, Mick Foley getting tossed off the top of Hell in a Cell. And, again, the Cell was kind of restructured back then. I mean, restructured in today's world a lot more into 
intimidating, a lot bigger. But back in the day, that was one of the original Hell in a Cell matches. Throwing Mankind off the top of Hell in a Cell uh, 20 years ago was one of the biggest moments in wrestling history. So, Benny, I turn to you for your 7, 6, and 5. What do you got? Uh, let's wrap up by this, basically, with... Uh... I have Let's go. number seven versus, and I'm sure this is quite underrated, though. Uh, Bleach Report will put this as our 25th uh, GOAT matches for him, uh, is versus The Undertaker. Uh, versus The Undertaker versus Undertaker in uh, at SummerSlam 1994, which uh, is a fine year. <laughs> so uh, definitely at SummerSlam, you know, it's going to feel big, and at the time this was sort of a... Uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, uh, one of the, the, the GOAT uh, talkers uh, history. And uh, to never be World Heavyweight Champion. And uh, this is insane. So at the time, he was uh, <clears throat> controlling the fake Undertaker. The imposter. Uh, with, with money. And so, um, yeah, having uh, the Undertaker being away, he finally returned to claim, you know, uh, it's not a throne or anything really like tangible, really uh, to stand that stand the ground. Being uh, he is the the Undertaker, so um, I just remember this. Um, how I saw this one was that my cousin had uh, the VHS, or uh, he probably either got like a collection of DVDs or a VHS of this one. Definitely, I believe is VHS form, and uh, we I was at my aunt's house. Um, his house, um, and he put it on this one day um, in the summer. Uh, we'll be over a lot, and I saw. I was like, "Well, that could happen." How's your two Undertakers? The mirror, mirror match, <laughs> and uh, uh, definitely not like a really like spectacular matchup. Though, like just um, I'm I'm sort of a, a TV um, every week, and so being able to see this uh, years after I was born is uh, is quite. Spectacular, and um, as uh, Bleacher Report mentions, the actual match was nothing to write home about. Yet, uh, you know, Undertaker had to hit the imposter Undertaker with three tombstones in order to send him um, away in a casket. So <clears throat> that one is the seventh, and then my sixth one is another one that uh, has to do with uh, basically himself you know really like a war against himself uh, though this time with someone that's really close to him uh, his brother Kane in an inferno match at Unforgiven 1998 I remember uh, my brother and I were watching this uh, every single time someone would, would go for like a leg drop or uh, you know choke slam what have you the, the flames will shoot up like that and uh, the, the the goal here is to set your opponent on fire. And so this is really uh, quite a long matchup here. Um, and who, who wouldn't want to see him versus his brother, um, the Brothers of Destruction. And so, you know, they have their uh, that docu uh, last Sunday, right, which I uh, saw so check out. So um, yeah, I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna you know discuss this one and uh, um, yeah get that match up there um, in the end with Kane uh, setting uh, getting set his uh, arm on fire and uh, running off um, the Undertaker victorious here. So 
And then my fifth one is one that you mentioned earlier, and that is one of the GOAT triple threat matches. GOAT triple threat matches of all time. I'm so excited that I stumbled over here. Uh, triple threat matches of all time with uh, Rock versus The Undertaker versus Kurt Angle at Vengeance 02. And uh, I don't have any more to say about that. Um, you explained it really well. Uh, so I'll bring it on to you for your next or next few uh, I would say go the fourth one and we'll build up yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm very sure, given the way this has gone so far, that our top three are very similar. So, uh, obviously, number four to me, and again, I was there live for it, WrestleMania 29, MetLife Stadium, Undertaker putting on his, his 20-0 streak on the line against uh, the aforementioned CM Punk. And the build-up to this match and this rivalry was extremely controversial with uh, the recently deceased manager of The Undertaker, Paul Barrow, he uh, passed away. He was used as the center of the story, but the match itself is a bona fide classic, a bona fide clinic in superb storytelling in my eyes because this match was incredible with several memorable moments and near falls that had, of course, the crowd on the edge of their seat. It had me on the edge of my seat as a 15-year-old kid. And, and from Punk's death-defying flying elbow through the announce table off the top rope uh, to The Undertaker sitting up from the Anaconda Vice. I mean, this, this match had so many significant moments kind of sprinkled throughout to make a, a wonderful highlight reel to look back on because Paul Heyman's reactions alone are awesome and definitely added to his part in the build the following year to Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30 and this by far was the best match CM Punk ever took part in at a WrestleMania and definitely is worthy of being in the conversation as one of the greatest of Undertaker's WrestleMania career I think that should have main evented WrestleMania over Cena Rock that year I think it was that good and then just to go on to the to the other top three I mean I'm sure we're going to be talking about the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels both at WrestleMania 25 and 26 uh, you, you mentioned before my number two is actually Undertaker versus Triple H in the uh, end of an era Hell in a Cell match at 28 uh, you mentioned the, the, the kick out after the sweet chin music into the pedigree I mean that is one of the all time classic moments in Wrestlemania history inside Hell in a Cell but of course those Shawn Michaels matches and of course my number three uh, and, and to even add on I'm sure you have this as well as the Hell in a Cell match that the two had back in the 90s uh, very classic match between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels just probably the greatest in ring chemistry we'll ever see between any two wrestlers in professional wrestling history uh, my number three was Taker versus Shawn in uh, uh, the career versus streak match at Wrestlemania 26 in Phoenix Arizona at uh, the Cardinal, Cardinal Stadium and of course the build-up to that match, Shawn Michaels thought he had Undertaker at WrestleMania 25, and many argue that he he almost did. Maybe he should have beaten the streak, but he didn't. So the entire year build-up was yeah. him basically. Still yeah, the entire year build-up was him uh, trying to get his rematch. Undertaker yeah. kept denying. He ends up sweet chin musicking him at a uh, elimination chamber where Jericho wins the world title <laughs> off of Taker, and then Taker, and again another phenomenal match. I mean, you saw the backflip off the top rope into the announce table at. 26 tombstone on on the on the the steel floor and then of course undertaker ends up picking up the win after Shawn michaels almost nearly ends the streak again and then of course the the greatest match in wrestlemania history to me 
the greatest match in wrestling history is The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. I don't think anything will ever top that. Uh, I mean, give or take, maybe it will. Uh, the Crown Jewel tag team match between DX and the Brothers of Destruction definitely will not top that. Uh, but but Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker WrestleMania 25, all-time classic match, arguably the greatest wrestling match of all time. So go ahead for your top four. I know they're very similar, and you can uh, kind of piggyback on what I said. It might be a shocker there since I haven't mentioned that one. Though, so, uh, yeah, uh, back to WrestleMania 20 versus his brother Kane uh, in, in rematch. And so this was uh, going back to, um, you know, perf- this this leads in, leads in perfectly with, uh, for this weekend since this actually reminded me how this came up was the story with him. Of course, he's always tied to his brother Kane. It's got to be Kane. And so um, at the time, they had a buried alive match um, with Kane, uh, you know, uh, kind of assisting with uh, the buried alive. Uh, was it against Shane McMahon? It was against Kane um, back, I believe it was against Shane. And so he, uh, uh, in 03, um, the Undertaker uh, having to go away after being buried alive. Um, at the time, he was, uh, uh, you know, still quite the uh, big evil uh, American badass, back to American badass again in uh, late uh, in 03. And so that's about the series. Uh, we, have, we will see the Undertaker for months and months. Um, and four years after being the American badass, uh, the Undertaker returning at WrestleMania being uh, once again, the dead man, the phenom, has arrived, he has returned. And so uh, definitely um, during the start of the year that Royal Rumble he was messing with Kane and the lights going off, you know, uh, on, uh, on uh, SmackDown. And so we, we never saw him until that very day. Um, definitely 20 years of WrestleMania, definitely an epic night, and uh, and we know why, like, at the end, with, especially with um, Eddie Guerrero um, having his, you know, his moment and, uh, and whatnot. So this with here, right here um, also marked with, with the return of uh, the, their uh, dad, Paul Bearer, um, and Bleach Report uh, lists this. Uh, this was a very one of the biggest pops ever for Bearer. And so, yeah, just uh, seeing him uh, also return and uh, with, you know, building, building the two, uh, you know, the gong and then his, his music hitting. Um, that's not said to be one of the GOAT matchups. Uh, well, not being one of the, as good as their first encounter and then, uh, uh, and when I so though, that's still one of the, his GOAT matches and, and moments and so, uh, definitely one of my favorites uh, of all time. Actually, during that time we first was uh, getting into uh, you know pay-per-views, getting uh, getting the DVDs uh, from Best Buy, and my, my dad made sure to get this one. And uh, uh, definitely one of the first times I ever was able to watch a full WrestleMania, and, and it took uh, you know few years after being a fan, uh, very young. So uh, that part I always remember. Uh, my dad always suggested to watch it like every weekend or so. Like, let's watch this match again. And so, I, you know, I believe it was that good, despite being uh, quite underrated. Uh, might not be a four or five star clinic uh, as a matchup, though. Um, 
team was not himself. Uh, he wasn't able to dominate. And so, yeah, they faced each other uh, back in WrestleMania 14. So, yeah, with this, the result was Undertaker took slamming and then tombstoning his brother and getting his much-needed revenge, uh, his vengeance um, against him and for, for doing what he did at Survivor Series the previous year. My number three is one that you mentioned earlier and that happened this year under very um, intriguing circumstances. That is from WrestleMania 36, night one. For uh, no championship, though, it was in a match that we've never heard of before. Uh, we might think a graveyard match, though. This one is the Boneyard match versus AJ Styles, and you already explained very well. I thought, uh, very, I just think very hilarious moments, you know, especially with like the lines with, um, you know, of course, him punching, uh, accidentally punching uh, his his uh, arm, his uh, forearm, like through the glass uh, in the car. And then um, AJ Styles towards the end saying, don't bury me. <laughs> and then uh, also with, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And uh, we're gonna take your kind of uh, summoning big evil and asking, uh, why are you sorry? <laughs> Tell me why you're sorry. And so it's such a legendary like kind of moment with that. And we know that he's gonna take his upper hand here. This is like his, his type of matchup yet like in a mysterious um, environment uh, especially for uh, AJ Styles him wanting to take the risk and uh, challenge him and his, his element yet uh, in an environment that both haven't ever been to so um, yeah so especially with uh, all that happened with the, you know the the, the OC Yeltsin and Anderson uh, that, that part to uh, being you know thrown off of the roof um, and then you know, setting uh, being choke slammed off of the off of the roof, uh, AJ Styles, and that was like the downfall that is about to to put that put an end to uh, the phenomenal one. So um, eventually, uh, yeah, during that moment where uh, Styles uh, was begging not to be uh, buried in the bone in the boneyard match, uh, uh, the Undertaker uh, actually gave him a gave him a hug and. Uh, he uh, was like, all right, I accept you, and then turn around, maybe you want to walk away, give him, uh, you know, a time to stand. And so, uh, nope, turn around, big evil, big boots, right into the uh, into the dirt, um, and uh, the Undertaker sealed the deal. He uh, he he buried him alive in this in this environment, and. Uh, of his what could possibly be his last match ever and uh riding off into the sunset as we know a stone cold would like to say uh whether in podcasts or in interviews um what what a way to especially for the undertaker and uh coming out to uh i discussed out there with cj with the, the from working the bell tolls by metallica um i was expecting maybe like kid rock you know and then theme songs back in the day but limp biscuit um I love those theme songs. So, like going with something brand new, and uh, being uh, in his element, uh, we haven't seen him a while in the in a motorcycle and uh, basically riding off into the sunset. So, 
uh, yet it was uh, in the middle of, uh, of the night. So, uh, what a way uh, for the Undertaker if this, if this is his last match ever. And so that leads to the series right here, back to back. Um, very obvious with number two, WrestleMania 26, I have versus HBK, John Michaels. And you already explained it. Um, and I don't have anything more to say except for the moment for that is uh, at the end with The Undertaker um, doing the super tombstone as if uh, he was flying. Um, he couldn't quite deal with a ordinary tombstone. There was a had Undertaker had his knees up and really spiked him um, into with the tombstone. Uh, driver this time and that sealed the deal and uh, I remember it was uh, John Michaels trying to get held up um, getting held, held up by The Undertaker um, being forced to retire his career uh, Michaels career being over uh, due to the stipulation and uh, both, uh, both hugging and uh, respecting uh, for him and Shawn Michaels uh, uh, Undertaker actually leaving uh, this one uh, not being focused on John Michaels is definitely emotional uh, being able to end his career uh, almost like the way he wanted it losing to one of the goats and uh, he was uh, waving to uh, everyone in the crowd and uh, it was quite a long uh, long night for everyone and uh, yeah quite quite the uh, roller coaster if you will, um, just like with uh, a few years ago with um, Ric Flair's uh, send-off, uh, his, his forced retirement uh, after losing. And then my number one is from the previous year is against Shawn Michaels again at WrestleMania 25, the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. And that is listed everywhere as his... Uh, Despite you know him being a legend, is like many will say, oh maybe, uh, or if they're casual wrestling fan, maybe saying that, oh, uh, it's just so recent. Like how can it be one of his best? He's isn't he uh, legendary? Maybe it's like from Unforgiven '98. Maybe that's one of his top matches or like a favorite. Now this is one of the best matches of all time, and this is what is said to be what wrestling should and can be all about. And so, yeah, this is what wrestling should be. And uh, just epic. Um, no match at WrestleMania, I believe, has since then has, has topped this and uh, super lengthy, especially how, having, uh, you know, who's on uh, commentary with uh, the good old J.R. Jim Ross. And uh, many put this up there as, uh, you know, they're part of their top three, uh, if not uh, one of the best WrestleMania matches that we said earlier. And uh, both having, you know, story careers, um, you know, being the hell out of each other, uh, uh, no stipulation, nothing, just two stars, two mega stars, just, um, you know, in the second part of their, uh, really, I don't call it second coming or whatnot, but uh, definitely still giving it all, still being, uh, you know, being um, veterans, uh, you know, being the, the guys. Uh, so uh, they they definitely put on uh, quite uh, the Super Bowl performance, uh, if if you will. Uh, we, we knew it was going to be epic. Uh, you know, being brought back into this uh, 
first time uh, at WrestleMania um, against Shawn Michaels. So, um, yeah, it was like we needed to see this one, you know, at the biggest um, and biggest arena, biggest um, environment possible, right? So uh, definitely a really good uh, build-up, as you said, um, especially with more detail, the, uh, you know, the Undertaker always with his coat, you know, being uh, darkness, being black, and then Shawn Michaels kind of mocking that, being uh, the the lights, uh, him dressing in all white with the uh, coming up from uh, whatever that was, the, the really high school coming, coming on down. And so, uh, what they say, yeah, the Undertaker being uh, victorious once again, defeating uh, uh, HBK in such epic uh, fashion uh, throughout the match and um, again arguably one of the greatest matchups in not only WrestleMania history not only The Undertaker's history though in WWE history I'm so boned I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow and now it's sold out it's her freaking birthday oh dude she's totally gonna break up with you she's definitely gonna break up with me Shitty use tick pick. Wait, what'd you say? Tick pick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said tick pick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.